I'm Augusta Mayor Hardy Davis. You're listening to Making a Difference with Ken Macon. Welcome to the MAD Experience. This is Making a Difference, and I am your host, Ken Baker. Look, I know you guys miss me. I know it's been a while since we've done a podcast. Look, I miss y'all too. I miss doing these podcasts, man. There's a lot of stuff we got to catch up on. I know y'all are like, man, Ken, so much has been going on in politics. So much has been going on in the world. So much has been going on locally, you know, in sports, health, and wellness. I know, man, I know. Here's the good news. The good news is we're going to make up for lost time in a major way in the coming weeks. We're going to feature candidates running for political office uh, in a greater Augusta area. We're going to talk about the presidential election and how things are shaking out. Lord knows we got to have that conversation. And we're going to address present and future concerns on a statewide and national level. I'll be real with you all. I've had the chance to talk to, you know, a, a lot of folks locally. I'm talking about, you know, state representatives elected officials about very important issues. And I can't wait to bring those conversations uh, to you all because those conversations, you know, we may have had them a, a month or two ago, but those conversations are still very relevant. Uh, there's still a lot of uh, information that I, I want to share with you all. So stay tuned to making a difference. Uh, you can, I always want you all to, you know, uh, be in touch, be in tune with what we're doing on SoundCloud. Uh, you can go to soundcloud.com backslash making a difference soundcloud s-o-u-n-d-c-l-o-u-d dot com making m-a-k-i-n a difference again soundcloud.com backslash making a difference save that tab on your phone or better yet when you go to that page on soundcloud uh just uh follow what we're doing so anytime we have a podcast uh that pop you know that comes up or pops up you'll get a note you should get a notification uh via email or right to your phone you can also check us out on facebook uh, the Facebook page has the same name, Making a Difference. We're on Facebook and at Twitter. Uh, the Twitter handle is uh, Difference Making. Again, that's Difference, D-I-F-F-E-R-E-N-C-E, Making, M-A-K-I-N. Today's podcast is the weekend. I know y'all are sitting back, chilling, plus we're in the middle of the NBA playoffs. So I want to take this time to introduce you to a great journalist and author, Jonathan Abrams. This brother is killing the game. Very talented young man. We had a chance to talk to him a while back about his book. Boys Among Men. It's a great collection of stories about NBA players who made the jump uh, from preps to pros, from high school uh, to the league. That conversation is going to be coming up uh, in just a few minutes. Firstly, you know, I got to shout out the sponsors, man, who make this podcast possible. Love these guys, man. Love my friends out of the Medical Medical Villa Pharmacy at, on 1520 Laney Walker Boulevard in beautiful Augusta, Georgia. If you're looking for affordable health care and a pharmacy that you can trust, Look no further than Medical Villa Pharmacy, 706-722-7355, 706-722-7355. My friends at TaxWise Financial, 2664 Tobacco Road in Hepzibah, professional and affordable representation, the wise choice for all your tax needs. Uh, their number is 706-305-1412, 706-305-1412. And Urban Pro Weekly, it's a free weekly newspaper in the CSRA covering issues related to the local community. Making a Difference has a weekly column in UPW. Uh, back issues are available at the Urban Pro Weekly page on Facebook. You need to go like that page right now. I'm going to tell you why. Because Making a Difference is also, uh, and that's that's really where we've been the past few months. We've been doing political profiles um, for Urban Pro Weekly. And so we're uh, giving uh, 
you know, our, our just, uh, you know, folks locally a chance to really know the candidates, you know, on, on an unbiased level. We're, we're just telling it like it, we're telling it like it is. We're telling you about the candidates and we're letting voters make the choice for themselves once they know, you know, get some information about, you know, a candidate's platform, about their ideologies, you know, just who these people really are. As a matter of fact, while you're listening to the podcast today, hey, it's political season. And making a difference is going to give you a chance to hear what some of the local candidates have to say, you know, 30-minute spots, minute spots. I know some of y'all are like, I'm so tired of political ads. Well, we're going to have a few. Not too many. <laughs> but I, I want to tell you guys this. Once you hear this interview with Jonathan Abrams and once you hear some of the presentations that we have coming up, you know, in the next few weeks, it's going to be worth it, man. Um, it's it's going to be an experience. I think that's the best way I can share it with you. I mean, we've, man, we've been talking to a lot of people. There's, there's so much stuff going on. A lot of times, you know, we get a chance to post on the Making a Difference page, and I appreciate you all's feedback on the MAD page. And y'all know, man, it's... These are some trying times that we're living in. Just, uh, you know, continue to keep the, the show in prayer. I continue to keep y'all in prayer. Let me say this real quick before we jump into uh, the mix with J.A., Jonathan Abrams. Happy Mother's Day, man. Shout out to the moms, man. Shout out my beautiful mother, who I got to talk junk real quick. I um I actually, I'm working this weekend, so I'm not going to get to spend Mother's Day with moms. You know, you know, how, you know how you do on Mother's Day. You kind of hang out with moms, be up on there, you know what I mean? We had a chance to do that Tuesday. So um, she came through Tuesday. You know, we went out to eat. It was all to the good. Man, but she brought that junk down here, man. Brought that crud down here. So uh, if I sound a little nasally, that's why. But, you know, we got the decongestant game strong. You know, we feeding the cold. All that good stuff. But without further ado, I want y'all to just sit back, relax, man. Turn the speakers up a little bit. I know you might, you may have the beats in, whatever it is that you're listening to. Get ready to enjoy this experience. Uh, we're going to introduce you to one of one of the candidates uh, for local office here. As soon as we do that, we're going to jump in the mix with Jonathan Abrams. You know who it is. It's your boy, Ken Macon, and you're listening to Making a Difference. I am Patrick Cullinan, Police Benevolent Association of Georgia staff representative. Ramon Lampkin has demonstrated that his experience and values make him uniquely qualified to represent the voters of Richmond County as their marshal. Ramon also demonstrated that he is committed to making strong, effective law enforcement a priority in the marshal's office. Ramon Lampkin has earned the support of the PBA. We are asking that citizens of Richmond County show their support and vote Ramon Lampkin for marshal on May 24th. Paid for by the committee to elect Ramon Lampkin. Very excited to have, I just believe, just a, a talented journalist. Um, I, I don't want to say he's next because his book is out right now. It's an awesome book, uh, Boys Among Men. I'm here with the author of that great book, uh, Jonathan Abrams. Jonathan, how you doing today, my friend? Good. Thanks for having me on. I am an honorary Rattler, so it's good to be on. No doubt, no doubt, man. Shout out to FAMU, Florida A&M University, who always hold a special place in my heart. HBCU love one time, man. Fam, you in the building. No doubt, no doubt. So I want to ask you about the book, Boys Among Men. What inspired this book? It's such a great piece of work. Tell the listening audience what uh, thought process you went through while you were compiling uh, these great stories. Yeah, so it's about a generation of NBA players who jumped straight from high school to the NBA. It started in 1975 with Moses Malone. 
And then it kind of took a lull for two decades before Kevin Garnett opened that door back up in 1995. And then for the next 10 years, about 40, 45 of these guys made that transition from high school to the NBA. And it was just interesting to me because I had written for Grantland when I started this project. And a couple of the guys that I'd written about and made that jump and their stories were just more interesting to me because even if they were just average NBA players, their road to stability was just tougher than a guy who had gone to college. So that really stuck out to me. And uh, I was a high school senior in 2001 when uh, Eddie Curry, Kwame Brown, and Tyson Chandler all made that jump from high school and were top picks and projected to be these NBA superstars. And their careers never really materialized in that way. And I just wanted to explore what kind of happened in that decade since. Wow. And... Um, so some of the anecdotes, I understand you um, had a chance to uh, to speak with Kobe Bryant, and I'm just going to talk about varying levels of, of success. Obviously, Kobe Bryant is a player whose accomplishments speak for themselves. Uh, multiple NBA champion, a multiple NBA all-star, just a, a, a great score, great legacy. But then you have players like um, Corleone uh, Young, who you know didn't do uh, near, nearly as well. Um, just talk about, you know, trying to uh, convey just the variations of that success and, you know, how that really uh, helped shape the book. Yeah, so my whole process as a reporter is that I'm, I want to show the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like, I consider myself to be, like, the, the prosecution and the defense. I want to show both sides of the story in order to create a full picture. So there were incredible success stories, guys like Toby Bryant, Kevin Garnett, and LeBron James. And then there are guys like Courtney Young who play literally 15 minutes in the NBA before uh, just dropping off of the basketball uh, industry for the most part. And there's other guys who try to make jump who never played a second in the NBA. So these guys are all started at the same point uh, at, at one time. They were these phenoms and, and viewed on to look as uh, future NBA stars. And I think the common characteristic is that the guys who made it had a drive to succeed where they thought being drafted to the NBA was just a first step. It wasn't the destination. It wasn't uh, the, the final thing they had to do in this process where guys who didn't make it crap saw that it uh, signaled that they had made it, that they're in the NBA, they had this big contract that, hey, we, we've arrived, there's not that much work to be done. And when you know when you leave high school, there's your, your day is structured uh, when you go to school. When you leave high school and go to the NBA, you practice for about two hours a day. When you have money, that's a lot of time to to find trouble if you're looking for it. I want to um, ask you. I one one of the um, the players that uh, jumped out to me um, was Jermaine O'Neal, and the the irony of it, because I, I think one of your your best pieces was the uh, the commentary that you did on Malice uh, at the Palace. And of course, um, if you if you, if you guys in the listening audience get a chance to uh, to pull that up on, on Google, do that. Um, it's it's a worthy read. Uh, kind of take us through that that commentary that you had with him in terms of the age limit and you know the the, the practicality of it, or if 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 it, if it was needed at all. Yeah, so Jermaine made the jump in 1996, the same year that Kobe did. He was one of the earlier players to do it, and he had a pretty tough transition, right? He went to Portland, and he was from South Carolina, so it was a different culture, different atmosphere, different weather, but he, he stuck with it, and he basically apprenticed in Portland for four years, then he went to Indiana and became a superstar. So he's really fortunate being able to make this jump because the 
CEO so you don't have to go to college or you don't have to, uh, you can go to the Army when you're 18, so why can't you play in the NBA? And he makes, he makes really good valid arguments and points. And I was able to interview David Stern for this book, and David Stern's counter-argument was that, hey, if I'm the New York Times, when I want to hire a journalist who has a journalism degree, and why can't I make that my policy if I'm the employer? I should be able to dictate who my employee should be and who I want to hire. So, I mean, I can definitely see both sides of the argument. Most certainly. I, 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 I want to kind of <laughs> not press you so much, but I, I would like to know, I mean, you, you address it, you address both sides, as you mentioned, you know, through stories and commentaries in your book. What's your opinion on, on the NBA's age limit? I mean, it's definitely not a black and white issue, but there's, there's a misnomer out there that there are as many failures as there were success stories when there's a lot more guys who are successful in making this transition and the evidence and statistics really point that and back that up. Uh, there's more guys like Tracy McGrady and, and Kobe Bryant and LeBron James, Kevin Garnett, and I can go on and on. Even the guys who weren't superstars who jumped from high school, a lot of guys really had sustainable NBA careers who, who made that jump, guys like Rashad Lewis and Al Harrington. Uh, so I would like to see like a, a baseball-type rule where guys are able to jump straight from high school and if they do decide to go to college they have to stay for at least two years and that way even if they uh, do make jump to the NBA after two years of college if they do decide to want to go back to school they'll be a lot closer to getting a college degree and I, I think a big part of uh, a, a, big piece, a big piece of the puzzle is how to, to me in the way I, I saw it when it was um, when this rule was enacted was the pressure from the NCAA and, you know, <laughs> my personal feelings on the NCAA, you know, 10, 15, heck, even five years ago is so much different from how I feel about the NCAA now because of their incessant need to seemingly protect this, like, um, I'm going to call it the hypocrisy and this mirage of amateurism. Um, was the need to protect the, the so-called, you know, the, the amateur uh, perspective of college um, basketball was that a factor in this age limit? You believe? Uh, it's interesting, interestingly enough, I don't, I don't think so. The NBA kind of looked at it from the position of we're a business. We want to do the best business practices. It helps for our executives to be able to have at least another year of scouting these guys and seeing them mature and playing against better competition before our guys are able to draft them. And this rule is mostly in place to stay the the general managers and executives from themselves because uh, they were drafting these guys at a high school based a lot on potential and some of them obviously missed. So David Stern basically said, hey, they don't have to go to college. They just need to be a year removed from high school. So he said, you know, they can go overseas or they can just set out a year. They can go play in the D League, which doesn't pay nearly as much money to be a real sustainable option. But, you know, the rule as it is, it's fun everybody dislikes it. Like, NCAA doesn't like the one-and-done process. The NBA would like to make it two years. The Players Association wants to get rid of it. So, I mean, it could be the fairest rule out there right now. Everybody <laughs> hates it. Uh, and, and, and I was going to ask you that because, and, and, and you touched on it there a little bit, but, you know, okay, so you enacted this age limit. 
now you have the, the one and dones, which to me is was just the natural, you know, what way of things to go. And you still have the angst with, with the one and done. Is it a case where people are, ne are never satisfied? I mean, it would kind of um, and you've had a chance to kind of gauge this and get some perspective. Why, why so much angst with the one and done? talking with uh, Jonathan Abrams, the author of Boys Among Men. You're here listening to Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. To me, the natural thing that I think would help all parties, and this is what this is one of the, the big things I think is missing. I, I don't see a mutual relationship between the student athlete, between NCAA and the NBA. And when I say that, I mean, if you have a, a young man who's coming to school and has the talent, has the drive, um, has the, the vision of going to the NBA, and in a situation where it's it's likely that a kid's going to be you know on my campus for one year for two years, why don't we, you know, provide that individual with classes with life skills to prepare them for the NBA, um, to prepare them for I mean, and even if they don't make the NBA, to prepare them for you know life after basketball. What why why don't we see more of this in your mind? Honesty is so refreshing, man. <laughs> it's 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 good. It's good to hear you say that. I think that's where so much of the angst from the fan comes from. I, uh, incidentally, uh, am a fan of the University of Kentucky, and I spend a lot of my time defending John Calipari. And my response to a lot of folks who say, you know, Cal is, um, you know, he perpetuates, you know, the one and dones. You know, he uh, he's taking advantage of the game. I say, well, you know, he. He pretty much tells, you know, he accepts it for what it is. And a lot of those guys go to the league NBA ready. Um, you look at, I mean, just, you know, players such as, you know, Anthony Davis. And obviously, you know, Anthony Davis probably could have played anywhere and still, you know, had the, the success. But, I mean, just on a, a small level, uh, he got hurt. But Eric Bledsoe, you know, a guy who was maybe, uh, you know, probably the third best player when he was uh, when he played that year with um, DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall. But, I mean, he is you know, made a great NBA. How do you feel about Kentucky's approach to the one and done and kind of how they've parlayed some success out of it? Yeah, I mean, Calipari, he basically said what you said in that he doesn't even like the rule as it is right now, but he says, like, this is the rule. I'm going to play by this rule. I'm going to be the best at this. 
he he said that he had went to Kentucky because Kentucky was the closest thing to an NBA system, and mm. he knew he wasn't going to be the team's main focus point if he came to the NBA as a young player. And in Kentucky, he could fit into a system, and it would closely uh, resemble an NBA team. Where if he had gone to like Missouri or somewhere else, he would have been the team star, gotten as many shots as possible, and not been. It wouldn't have prepared him as well for the NBA because he would have had to fit into a role. So these guys see that, and it, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with John Abrams. We'll be inquiring about the fall of ESPN's Grantland. If you don't know what that is. ESPN had a sister site that was called Grantland. It was started by a gentleman who used to work there, Bill Simmons. Uh, J.A. was a part of that group. Just a really talented collection of individuals who wrote candid, uh, candidly uh, and passionately about sports with great, I would say, with pinpoint accuracy. You know how it is sometimes, you know, you upper management, and, you know, you may, you may have some different ideologies. So, unfortunately, Grantland broke up. But what we're seeing now is, we're seeing a lot of these cats, man, kind of going out and doing their own thing. Obviously, Jonathan's a part of that mix. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about uh, Jonathan's thoughts on being a husband and a father, which uh, is very timely, you know, considering, you know, this particular time of the year, May, June, we honor, you know, mothers and fathers. So you don't want to miss the second half of this podcast. You're listening to Making a Difference. My name is Lauren Macon, and you are listening to Making a Difference with my handsome husband, Ken Macon. I'm John Flight, candidate for Superior Court Judge. As an assistant district attorney, as a lawyer in private practice, and as a state court judge, I've earned unmatched experience handling civil and criminal matters in the Augusta Judicial Circuit. I'm tough on crime, I'm firm but fair, and I will do what's right for this community. Together, we can keep our streets safe, our families strong, and our future bright. May 24th is an important election, and I would be honored to have your vote. I'm John Flythe, and I approve this message. Paid for by John Flythe for Superior Court. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you looking for affordable health care? Are you looking for a pharmacy that you can trust? Well, look no further than Medical Villa Pharmacy on 1520 Laney Walker Boulevard here in beautiful Augusta, Georgia. This may be a familiar voice to you. Hey, it's none other than Ken Macon from the hit show Making a Difference. And I just want to tell you about the fine folks over at Medical Villa Pharmacy. They're led by pharmacists, Dr. Marshall Curtis and Baron Curtis. And I tell you, they provide great service for many of us here in Augusta, Richmond County. They take Georgia Medicaid, insurance plans, charge cards, WIC vouchers, and they even provide free delivery service. The Medical Villa Pharmacy is conveniently located in the medical district near the Medical College of Georgia and Payne College. Medical Villa Pharmacy. They are dedicated doctors, medical mavens, and a blessing to the health industry. What more can I say but head to Medical Villa Pharmacy, 706-722-7355, 706-722-7355. Have you gotten a letter from the IRS about an audit, levy, or tax lien? Worried because you haven't filed taxes in several years? Well, stop worrying and call the tax pros at TaxWise Financial on Tobacco Road. TaxWise Financial is licensed to represent you at all levels of the IRS in any state. From the simple to the complex, professional and affordable representation by TaxWise Financial will help resolve all of your tax issues. Call them at 706-305-1412. TaxWise Financial, the wise choice for all your tax needs. Excellence, integrity, and service. They're just a few of the core values for Payne College. Its commitment to educational merit has been faithful for over 133 years. I'm Danny Glover, 
and my mom and aunts went to Payne College, so its value is priceless to me. The lessons and love they received from Payne helped me to grow up and understand the power of education. That's why I'm here to support Payne College and to encourage you to do the same. Let the legacy continue. The future of their existence is important to your community. Give your support to something significant. Give your support to Payne College. I'm Richmond County Sheriff Richard Roundtree. You're listening to Making a Difference with Ken Macon. I want to transition the conversation. We were talking with uh, Jonathan Abrams. He's the author of Boys Among Men. You can, well, I was going to say you could buy the book on Amazon, but man, people have really uh, stepped up in, in, in support of you and, and what you've done with this book. I understand this. Look, there's a kind of a backlog on Amazon, but I um, I know they have the book at Barnes and Noble, also at, at, at Books a Million. What are your thoughts about the, um, the, resp- the overwhelming response to people buying the book? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, I, and, I, and sometimes, you know, you have a book come out and it kind of, it's it's a late bloomer, you know, maybe six months, maybe a year, maybe <laughs> look five or ten years before people say, man, that was a really good book. But I mean, the the, the response has been immediate and I, I think well-deserved. Got to ask you about, um, oh, got to ask you about Gremlin and the, look, the, the very real heartbreak I still have when I think about just talented um, journalists and writers like yourself, Zach Lowe, I mean, the list goes on and on, um, to see, you know, you know, uh, Grantland, you know, uh, fold up, dissolve, you know, whatever you want to call it. Can you give us like some perspective into why that happened despite, I mean, I would say almost like a, a cultish following in a, you know, a, a wide ranging success of, of, uh, of Grantland? and to see all these new and great things that are happening with former co-workers and 
people noticed it, and that's what's happening now. Man, I. <laughs> I, that um the, the fact that you know guys are going out and kind of um you know or succeeding with various projects i really think uh just think it speaks to the talent of the group but i want to go back and you, you you um you mentioned that numbness as as a husband as a, as a journalist can, can you kind of describe that and and obviously i think with bill simmons and just even understanding you know his ascension um up the ranks in terms of journalism and I, I just feel like he's one of those guys where, you know, just because he, you know, m made it uh, to that level in a very unconventional way, you know, when he, when he brought you guys in, as you mentioned, you know, you, you have the that type of family type of relationship, but it's more of a, as opposed to brass, it's more of a, like, just to kind of compare it to, you know, the, the ranks of the athlete versus, you know, the GM, if you will, or management. Bill Simmons, to me, seems like more of a, like the, the, the player type. The guy who, um, you know, you know, you can really rally around. He doesn't have that, you know, uh, some of the the abrasiveness that can come with being part of management at times. Is that is that a safe assessment? Yeah, that's a really accurate assessment. I would say he's almost like a player coach because uh, of how much he was involved with the site. And, I mean, for <laughs> for a while, I thought there was like five of them because for the amount of stuff he was doing, it was remarkable. And, could shoot him an email and he usually respond in like five minutes and you know that he's getting hit up by lots and lots of emails at the same time and I mean he was he was just really great I, I didn't even know him that well and a few months after I decided to go to Grantland I ended up got getting married and he came to our wedding and that was wow. you know some lifelong friends I had didn't even bother to show up so Let's let's talk about that for a minute. I know we're um, you know coming to the end of this interview. Look, I'm, I'm hurt, man. I could talk uh, talk to um, to John for hours, but I actually know uh, well know of Jonathan through his wife, who I went to uh, Florida A and M with. Want to shout out uh, Mr. Uh, Mrs. Tanya uh, on the show, and want to say a, a want to offer a great um, appreciation for uh, you know helping us to get John on the show, man. Um, just awesome. I, I want to ask you about being a husband and, and about fatherhood. Um, congratulations, by the way. Just talk about, you know, just uh, all of these things are, are, are so very new to you in terms of marriage and in terms of fatherhood. Kind of take us through that. And also, you know, <laughs> transitioning and, you know, uh, ascending the ranks um, as a journalist. I mean, I think the, the most important and difficult thing with fatherhood and trying to be a professional in anything, you're trying to find that balance. I don't think that I've found it yet. My son just turned two, and, you know, when you're working, I feel like I should be spending time with him. And when I'm spending time with him, I feel like I should be working. <laughs> There's never enough hours in the day. Uh, but, you know, he's a little guy who his, his smile can melt away without <laughs> anything else, any, any, any bad that's happened in the day. He's an awesome little guy, just seeing his development and how much he's uh, maturing and he's fast now and Tommy and I had to run to catch up with him. It's <laughs> been really fun and amazing. I want to ask you about uh, the, uh, the the street team, your biggest supporter. Talk about, you know, just uh, just Tanya as, as a support system, not just as the book, but I mean, just as your as your life mate. Yeah, it's, <laughs> she's, she's amazing. And, uh, you know, I, I was doing a podcast last night and I was using her computer and sitting at her desk and I just saw like note cards of 
Last question I want to ask you, man. What do you believe will be the legacy of Boys Among Men? Um, um, what, what do you believe will be the legacy of this, you know, great work and these great stories that you've been able to put together? I, I hope it'll stand as the definitive, uh, definitive book and story of this generation of NBA players from about '95 to '05, and guys who really uh, defined who the NBA was and where it was going after Michael Jordan retired and really brought it into the modern era of where the game is today. Man. Look, I, <laughs> clear, clear, concise. That was, uh, you know, much, much like the book. And I want to encourage everybody in the listening audience, you can pick it up on Amazon. Go to your local bookstore and pick it up. Boys Among Men. Um, so glad to have the opportunity to talk with the author, Jonathan Abrams. John, man, it was great to have you on the show, man. God bless you, man, and continue success. Did you enjoy that episode of Making a Difference? If you did, then I want you to follow and keep up with the Making a Difference movement on Twitter, on Facebook, on SoundCloud, and on iTunes. If you're looking us up on iTunes, search for Making M-A-K-I-N-A Difference. SoundCloud, all you got to do is go to soundcloud.com backslash Making a Difference. On Twitter, the handle is Difference Making, M-A-K-I-N. And on Facebook, you can go to facebook.com backslash Making a difference show s h o w thank you guys so much for supporting the movement love you guys peace and god bless